The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. I cut myself off. Let me try that. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Woo. I'm telling you, everybody's loud this morning. Is that we the are problem? Loud this morning. <laughs> We're squealing. <laughs> squealing like pigs, even though that Rufus didn't have a, 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 a pig pig valve put in his heart well, he had, it's more of a, a moo bovine so i will be mooing or i hope i don't start giving <laughs> it <laughs> how in the world are you here today and and uh not relaxing well, it, it's folks uh, I, I appreciate so many people calling the office everybody was worried sending, about you sending me cards and charles i want to get this straight right quick you you sent the box of valentine's by way of my grocery candy yeah candy <laughs> And said, give it to the nurses. Well, I had to have one. And and I had several nurses during this uh, period. And sure you did. I, I couldn't choose. So, Charles, thank you. You went to a good cause. No. I, I gave uh, some yesterday to the lady at the grocery store. Because they have to sell it and not, not eat it. And so thank you for that. Got lots and lots of emails and cards. Yeah. And to tell you that uh, we have one of the most uh, wonderful health systems Wake County is just full of good hospitals. I, yeah. I, I went to particular And doctors, one. and we're so lucky. We have so wonderful, wonderful heart and vascular. It's amazing how they can go in there and tinker with your heart, Amanda. And it, several years ago. And not open you up. And not open you up with a, <laughs> with a big hacksaw. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now they say, they say get up and go one to three days in the hospital. But I'm telling you. It's not not quite that simple. It's not a simple procedure. It's not, no, but you were not. you were out in twenty four hours. <laughs> I certainly was from start to finish. And so, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Amen. I'm well. Just uh, I don't need to be digging any holes right now. But no, but. no. Let's just give it give things time. I, I'm thankful that you came in this morning. Wow, you were but you were on the phone from your hospital bed last week. Yes. And we had well, your doctors on. Now, was that a cardiologist and a cardiac surgeon? Or? Well, they both were the surgeons. Oh, they both surgeons? Yeah. Oh, okay. And one, one was getting ready to put uh, sod in. Sod? At his house. Yeah. Oh, I thought you would. Like, man, you saw in your heart. We got, we got, <laughs> well, I thought you only got a valve. level, Rufus. Not, not I didn't to, know sod, Not too. to feed my valve. <laughs> oh, you two are terrible. Well, that's what you're you not said. supposed to fertilize your centipede until after May 15th. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Was it fescue? I mean, you can you can well, fertilize that now. Right, now he wanted right. Bermuda. Okay, so he wants Bermuda. And I said, well, you you are going to get sod, aren't you? Yeah. He said, yeah, I've decided to do that because. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, I said, well, why not? Well, yeah. Mike Rayley uh, advises getting sod. I yes, I mean it's. Why sure. not? But, you know, you get it, it establishes really good. We have so many great sod growers here in North sure Carolina. Sure do. And, you know, turf why, why waste your time? At NC State, and, and they have nice plots out there. Have you been out to the plots at, uh, out there near you, Rufus? Oh, absolutely. At NC State's farm? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, enough about me. I'm, I'm well and no, good. No, we want to talk about you. Uh, that, well, let's you know, talk about this girl on the green over here. Yeah, Amanda <laughs> Wilkins is with us from uh, Lee County Cooperative Extension Service, and you're so nice to – I told you when you walked in that nice of you to drive all the way up here. And, I enjoy And your boss, Bill. Bill. You need to bring, bring Bill sometimes. Does he get up early? He, oh, no, he does, and he, he usually tunes in. But, you know, he is, he is in Washington, D.C. with his family this weekend. Oh. He's got two daughters and a son, and, and – he and his wife, they went up on the train for a weekend trip that's to D.C. That's the way DC. Rufus does it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's fun. So, yeah, no, his son was thrilled to go on the train. So I they're having so. a great weekend, I'm sure. Yeah. But well, no, Bill's a, looking look forward to it. Way, man. It, you, it's such a hassle now. It takes about an hour, uh, around two hours to get all situated and get on your plane. You uh, get there a little under an hour, and then you're another. You might save an hour with all that hassle. Mm-hmm. Get on the train. Oh, four or five hours. You just you, you can read, you can sleep. Yeah, you have a little cafe there. I, I normally take a meal with me. Well, uh, so when I was in fourth grade, I went to I went to Gaston County Schools in the fourth grade. That was our big trip. Uh-huh. They took us all up, you know, because Charlotte. You get in the train on in Charlotte, and you go straight to D.C. And we did a day trip to D.C. with my fourth grade class. Wasn't that fun? It was wonderful. I mean, I'm sure, and thinking about it now when I coordinate uh, 4-H field trips, I'm like, oh my goodness, this had to have been a nightmare for all these teachers. But, you know, I still remember that trip, even as, you know, many, many years later that I'm not going to name right now. But um, still looks pretty young to me. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You are young. Well, yeah. So it's, you know, so you were talking about Rufus getting here today, and um, I'm very fortunate. that I have a wonderful community in Lee County, and um, I, our um, area specialized agent Stacy Jones for the Piedmont, she specializes in nursery and ornamental plants, uh-huh. and she came down to Lee County for just a visit to the county, and she went to Lee County Nurseries and Chatham County Nurseries, but John Fushi at Big Bloomers <laughs> uh, showed us around the nursery, and I don't know if y'all have been there in a while. We haven't. Well, John's John's trying to retire. And the reason I tell this story is he's trying to retire, but he's not closing the nursery. He has, you know, he's moved so many things around. And as somebody who's been going to that nursery for about 10 years, you know, you never know where stuff is going to be at Big Bloomers because they're always changing stuff up, trying new things. And, you know, on one hand, he's like, I'm trying to retire and he's doing that. But he's also keeping the nursery going and really trying to empower a lot of really wonderful staff folks. What a fun place. Yeah, it but really is. I was so proud of him because he is starting. He's like, I have not touched one pansy this year, and I haven't even <laughs> potted up a hanging basket. And wow. but he's still there, and he's still very active. And um, so, you know what, Rufus, you still have to do it, right? Yeah. You stop doing oh. it. No, you he's, stop doing it. He's, he's huh. you know, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna <laughs> continue doing a lot of things. And I mean, if you can come through this like you did, right? How amazing! Oh, you know, to that older. I found out the older you get, the less desirable it is for you to wait in line for things. You don't need them. The older, wait in line. The older you get. You think about that. Yeah, well, patience. Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, have, I, I can't remember the last time I, I had any patience. <laughs> yeah. Even when I was 20, I didn't have any patience. Well, you have patience when you cut that mic off. and, and uh, sometimes I have restraint. Yeah. Oh, ooh. <laughs> There is a difference between restraint That's and patience. That's like me yeah. saying moderation in excess. 
<laughs> I'm sure Socrates would roll over in his grave if he heard that. Yeah. Oh, well, goodness. at any rate. That's so funny. Yeah, Rufus, uh, we didn't even have to introduce Rufus. He just started talking. So Rufus is a former attorney general and secretary of state of, of uh, North Carolina and deputy chief counsel on the famous Senate Watergate Committee because he worked for Senator Sam Irvin. And uh, he is currently the secretary general of gardening in North Carolina. And we are not sure of the duties, but you're, you're more of an amb- ambassador. Well, it's I just think. like I had the pleasure of uh, speaking last week. It was four days after my surgery. By I know. Day, and I'd made a commitment to go to the Chapel Hill Garden Club and the, the fine ladies there. Yep. Now, I'm not exactly sure how much gardening they do, but <laughs> but, they, but we talked about They have a good time. Yeah. They had a good time. <laughs> and we talked about what to do this time of year and how much I love camellias. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, by the way, my Daphne's are blooming yeah. big oh, time. I gotta show you. I gotta Finally, show you a photo. Did you take a picture? Yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, mine Just is a, in full bloom. The Edgeworthia is yeah, going crazy now. The, uh, well, I, I was worried about the Edgeworthia. No. It stayed in that little little. I call them chandelier plant. Oh, I love that. But now it's got. Think about it. It's chandelier mm-hmm. plant, mm-hmm. and now they broadened out and got elongated. Mm-hmm. And we talked about. Uh, uh, some effortless, effortless plants, because some of the audience were older people. Uh, the camellias, how wonderful they are, and mm-hmm. uh, those sort of things, and how <clears throat> how don't don't make gardening a chore. No, no, it's I'm supposed a, to be fun. I'm a lazy gardener. But yeah. I, I, I tell people that if it can't survive my, I, I mean, I I try to you know do my due diligence as a gardener, yeah. but I'm not gonna, I am not gonna go out there and. I have a my lot plants. of weeds. I have a lot of weeds <laughs> now. And, you know, the chickweed chickweed looks really good. It does. Yeah. And it's well, edible. Mow it down. <laughs> yeah, mow just down. just mow it down. But, uh, you know. but you know, you were talking earlier, Rufus, before we came on about, you know, being worried about the cold. And yeah, I think we're gonna be we're gonna see a couple more cold snaps, but the difference this year, I think, we're kinda lucky. We've had a consistently cool winter. We did have that like couple mm-hmm. of days of sixty degrees. Like two weeks ago, and I was a little worried, but we've kind of gotten back down into those cool temperatures, and that's really usually what kills us. It's that really, you know, those eighty degree days, and it drops down to forty degrees, and then eighty degrees and yeah, forty right. degrees. But and my theory is it, when the the prunus blooms, and it's, it's just for one day, enjoy it. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing fewer it. and fewer of of those. I I, I do see some. I'm right. seeing right now some of those. Cherry, cherry trees yeah. that not the okami the okami's starting to bloom too yeah. cameron village is full of them right now <clears throat> yeah but there are there's a, a or varieties of uh, cherry trees that bloom in the fall and in the spring or late winter and they're blooming right Pr- now too. prunus autumnale and prunus um oh my goodness cucamonga uh, sure <laughs> oh my goodness my brain has left me <laughs> yeah, there you go. That sounds sounds legit. Uh-huh. Well, so when I was in Mobile, you know, Mobile does not get the number of chill hours that we do, and so right. the the number of plants that that you know, early flowering plants we can grow. Man, magnolias, the tulip magnolias. Oh man, mm. the camellias. Oh, yeah, I'm goodness. seeing some of those too. But the right, tulips we yeah. can't grow. Let me ask Amanda this. I I said last week that it's still not too late if you go ahead and get some of the ground daffodils if they've been chilled. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't waste them. Now, if you get a, them. Uh, I've ordered a lot of lilies, uh, not not day lilies, regular lilies, and haven't gotten them yet. Uh, I, some of them are early or late spring, early summer. I assume that they're sending. They're going to send them on the right time. Yes. Yes. Uh, no. That you're you gotta, usually you got to trust your seed companies. Yeah. yeah. I was. I, I. So you were telling. You were saying. You were talking to the Chapel Hill Garden Club. I gave back-to-back garden club talks on Thursday to two garden clubs at the Country Club in Carolina Trace in Lee County. And Uh I always tell folks, this is the great time to go shopping in your friends' yards for the daffodils and the early spring bloom and things you like. Because you got to order those in July and August because that's when people are putting in their bulb orders because they're not going to ship until October, you know, just September, right. October, or November. But you got to get your orders in in the summertime. And the same is true in the opposite. Let's say you've got those beautiful summer flowering lilies and things. You're putting your order for those in in um, in the wintertime. Right. And I'm, I'm not endorsing Brett and Becky's, but I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. I've They have been such big supporters of many of the organizations I've been yeah. involved in. And you'll notice they send their catalog opposite to the seasons and people usually give me a question they're like well why do they do that and it's like well because they have to you have to put your order in so they can chill the bulbs or warm the bulbs up so when they send them to you they're ready to be planted in whatever Mm -hmm. place that you're in and they also know that when you're sitting there in the the depth of winter (laughs) that you just love to look through those seed catalogs and by the way i'm looking at our uh garden guide the the new one here Wait a minute. No, this is the old Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, that's from Christine, uh-huh. our, uh, our vice president. Here's, here's for... something called Jung Seeds. I, I'm not familiar with that seed company. J-U-N-G. I've heard of them a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have, and another thing, too, we will have our garden uh, magazine out when, Mike, because I've got uh-huh. a little section there on gardening. By April. Uh, by older people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got all these wonderful things now, uh, where you can get down on your knees, but you got handles to get back up. Yeah. And I was talking also in the article about uh, sometimes it's a little unstable for someone disabled or a much older person to get on a shovel because a lot of times on a shovel you got to stand up on one foot and give it a little mm-hmm. little umph. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I thought one day, well, why not use post hole diggers mm-hmm. to dig your holes for your uh, Bulbs. Don't they have any uh, electric post hole diggers? Well, that's that's that's. <laughs> well, that, that's just one. It's just one little thing. If you want to dig five separate holes and put them in there, well, those post hole diggers, you can dig that hole when you want to and use it to scrape the. Mm-hmm. And even if you if you can't bend over on that, you can arrange your bulbs in a bucket with the tops up. And use those things that people pick up trash with. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I've devised all kinds of ways to keep from getting on the ground, can't get up. <laughs> well, that, you know, that, that's what you got to do. And the, there's, a, there's, two, there's two master gardener groups in North Carolina, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm remembering um, the counties up there. And there's one in the mountains, I think it's I think around Asheville, and then one in the east. And they have come up with a, a, a gardening ability guide oh, really? that actually has like a tool list well they're gonna laugh at me then and, oh no they probably that. came up with no, the same I'm sure ideas. you probably invented some things <laughs> <clears throat> and that's, that's how we learn right? yeah 
what's the um, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's uh, talk to Joe in Durham. Joe, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hello. Yeah, how you doing, Joe? Oh, just fine. You? Yeah, well, all right. Listen, I got a question. Uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and some people gave me some good information. Uh, and good. I was thinking about planting this uh, Gustrum Sunshine. Are you familiar with that plant? Yeah, we we I just heard somebody say, "Oh Lord." <laughs> well, uh, a nursery is telling me says about after about um, five or six or ten years, that yellow starts losing and it turns back to its original green. Uh, is that true? Is that like a rootstock thing, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Amanda uh, Wilkins is an extension agent in mm-hmm. Lee County, and she will talk about ligustrum. Yeah, so so Ligustrum Sunshine was was selected by a good friend of mine, Pat McCracken, actually out in Zebulon, and it was a sport off of a Ligustrum, and um, I'm not known it to revert back to being totally green. Ligustrum Sunshine is one that um, will become more yellow the more sun it gets. Um, the reason I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, though, I have seen it. I have seen it revert in really warm climates. Um, so when I was down in Mobile, I actually saw it revert, kind of like Swift Creek, the variegated one reverts. But I've not well, really now, seen that, that too uh, much. Before you go further, mine is variegated. Been that way for about twenty years. Mm-hmm. What's what's it going to do? If you, I, you you said maybe in the, after twenty years, it's probably going to stay. Probably, the same. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to stay. Isn't yeah. It? Well, you always should be looking for anytime you're anytime you buy a cultivar of any type of plant. You should always be looking out for reversions because the most of the time when we when we propagate plants like Ligustrum Sunshine or Ligustrum Swift Creek, which is kind of one of the more popular variegated type Ligustrums or Chinese privets is one of the is the common name for that. Um, they always have the potential to go back to the straight species because usually it's a human that's walked through somewhere and gone, ooh, that's pretty. That's different. They've made a cutting they've cut a little piece of that off and they've propagated it and and um multiplied it but there's always that genetic potential for it to go back to the straight species and so ligustrum sunshine one of the things about it that has made it so popular is because it does color up really well in the sun um and uh it's really tough it does not it's mostly sterile i've never seen i've seen it flower but i've never seen it set fruit but you always have to make sure that you're watching out for reversion. So I don't know why the nursery had t- said in 5, 10, 15 years it might go back to being green. I've not seen that. Ligustrum's yeah. been on the market for almost 10 years now. And I've not seen it suddenly go from being yellow one year to being totally green the next year, unless maybe it's become more shady. In the well, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It, it's, it's nothing wrong with the plant to Mm-mm. turn colors. And Joe, I... Does it bother you that it's going to change colors? Well, I, um, I'm thinking about planting in front of that some uh, sure. uh, dwarf uh, nandinas. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I thought the two colors would sort of match it, you know, sort of help That's, out each color. Sounds pretty. Well, <laughs> if you got that real colorful nandina, you, you yeah, can mix power. it with anything. <laughs> yeah, so, you got plenty of sun. With with Ligustrum sunshine, though, it is it's going to be a big plant if you're not shearing it. You know, it looks really cute and cuddly in a pot, but it is still going to grow to the full size of a Ligustrum sinensis, a Chinese privet. So, you know, if you're going to plant it 
and have plants nearby, you're going to have to be shearing it uh-huh. every year to keep it to a, a manageable size. Because yeah, otherwise, yeah, see my twenty twenty year old one. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a small tree. I'm, I'm not planting. Uh, I'm tired of pruning now. Well, <laughs> and, uh, I need to know how far to uh, space them apart. Well, they'll. If you, I, I've cut some of mine to the to the ground, Joe, and they come right back. They sure do. But you know, if you don't want to do any pruning, you know, this is, you know, you have to just set your expectations. Ligustrum is going to naturally become kind of a large, a, a small, upright vase-shaped tree, kind of almost like a crepe myrtle when it reaches maturity, and you're going to have possibly bare stems or bare trunk, and and it's going to be wide. I've I've seen them get. 15 yeah. to 20 feet wide to 15 to 20 feet tall with no pruning. So, you know, that's just something to, to be aware of. Okay. You know, How if you're tall would they go? 15 to Ooh. 20 feet. Mine's, mine's at least 15 feet, feet Joe. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. And how wide? 15 to 20 feet wide. <laughs> oh, my gracious. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. small trees is what I, is kind of, that's my definition of a small tree. <coughs> okay, Anything. Well, let, me, let me answer this. This person, nursery, told me, said, uh, well, I don't want to consider a uh, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. That's, it's green, and when it, the new leaves are uh, are white, and and said so that was a he was recommending that over the uh, sunshine. Now let me let me let me turn to my search engine machine here, okay, real quick because I'm not familiar with that particular cultivar. So that one's um, smaller. <clears throat> is that is that what he was saying, or why did he like it? Uh, he didn't. It was more um, durable. You didn't have to. Uh, it, he said you can eat about plant upside down, and it would it would turn around and, and grow. Uh-huh. But it sounds like to me, it's going to grow. It's going to grow twenty feet. Oh, okay. So I see. Which okay, Jack Frost ligustrum. Let's see here. Oh, and this is a japonicum. Type. So that's a different species than the sunshine ligustrum because sunshine it's sun, it's ligustrum chinens, or chinensis sinensis. Um, we got about thirty for sunshine. Here. So um, yeah, I, I've not I'm not familiar with this one. It is a lot more variegated, but even still, I've seen um, ligustrum japonicum even in variegated form to be very vigorous plants and kind of again. If you're not pruning on it, it's going to be about the same size as that ligustrum. Yeah. So it's big. It some gives you something to think about there, tall. Joe. Yeah, big and you, wide you can, and yeah, tall. You can yes. get smaller camellias <clears throat> now, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm one who says if everything else doesn't please you, get a camellia. Yes, yeah. I, Joe. Do you want to hang on? Point. We got to go to the I'll news. Hang, I'll hang on. All right. All right. We'll discuss a little more about Ligustrum coming up here on WPTF's Weekend Gardener. Back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we're here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're this is the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here, along with Rufus Edmonston, the former Secretary of State, and with a new bovine valve in his heart. Ooh. Happy days are here again. <laughs> oh yes, the hits just keep on coming. And yeah. Amanda Wilkins is with us from the Cooperative Extension Service. In I'm slurring my words, Cooperative Extension Service. In, uh, oh, way, I've been accused of many things. Don't worry. <laughs> I just over we we had a little talk here about when you all were showing your adapted picture pictures. I'm the slurrer, but 
I asked her, this, this guy must have had 30 or 40. Yeah. How in the world did you do that? And I've talked about how hard it, it, that I've tried to propagate. Many, some are old and many, some are new, it looks like. Many callers tell us they have no luck at that. Mm-hmm. How? And Amanda says, oh, easy. We've, we've got some it. at church that are, are, you know, at least 10 years old. Sure. That uh, Now, we had some before that, but then the rain barrel thing, the drought and the rain yeah. barrel craze hit, and we had, they were too near the rain barrels. Yes. The rain barrels would overflow, and, and they just sat in that water, and yes. they died, so we had to replant. This was See, well yeah, propagate, though, from a plant is what I'm talking about. This is, yeah. oh, oh, he propagated them. I didn't hear that mm-hmm. part of it. Oh, yes. Well, oh, he's a master. Well, oh, so, yeah. So and I'm, not, I'm not saying that David is. This is David Sabio, who's uh, here in in the triangle shout out to david i hope you're doing hey, david, well this uh, yeah. morning okay. um, hope you're getting rich off of this david <laughs> yeah <laughs> well he has so many and i'm not saying that he did he did his propagation but i just remember in in dr dennis werner's plant propagation class in in my so- sophomore year of of college that um Daphne was one of the things that he brought in, and we did our plant propagation wow. class in the fall but did you and succeed i did tell I us how did. Well, I mean, we had semi-hardened new wood cuttings, so the it was the new wood on yeah. the tips. It was hardened off, so right. and the cuttings were taken in about September, and wouldn't, we, have, wouldn't have been a bloom on it, of course. Of course, yep. And so I think maybe if there was any kind of bud set, which that you wouldn't really see too much, but we did kind of look at them. But really, you know, think sophomore, junior college kids sticking we were just sticking cuttings in you know big wide flats full of of yeah, you, you know rooting media you of course are in a hot house yeah well we had them in a greenhouse and they were getting missed about i don't remember what the the rate of the mist was but i rooted them my grandfather grew them in his yard for a few years before i think we just went into those one of those um uh really really wet periods and really really dry periods and it and it, and it yeah. rotted well, over the years that as michael Tell you, we've had caller after caller mm-hmm. that has never been successful. Try fall in, cuttings. In rooting. Uh, oh, I've, uh, I've done it <laughs> 20, 24 at a time. And one time I got one, I nursed that baby up to about six inches tall. And then one day it got pouted at me and flopped over. Oh. I tried another uh, two dozen the next went, uh, next fall. Uh, didn't get a one. And mm. I, I, I had potting soil. I had the root tone. I had the right mm. attitude. <laughs> I, I, now I didn't know missing. I didn't have any any uh, place for that. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, well, even we, even maybe even it was garden the magic centers. of Diane Mays at the yeah. at the Marianne Fox greenhouses yeah. because she's also got yeah, a magical right. green thumb. I think so. we need yeah. to uh, get back to Joe and talk yes, about this. Oh, I'm that's, sorry. That's all right. Oh, I that's all right. It was that Joe. Was, I'm sorry. That was um, that was important to talk about that Daphne, and we can continue <laughs> that. But uh, Joe, Joe, do you have any Daphne? Uh, uh, yeah, I got a couple. How long have they been there? <laughs> uh, quite a few years. Oh my really? Yeah. How about that? Well, don't don't talk to him or look at him too much. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to the. Um, I'm just trying to figure. I'm back. I think I'm back to uh, day one on this. I try and figure some plants to plant on. Well, let's I, let's let's go back to kind of the original intent of what the bed you're trying to create. Where where are you trying to put these plants? What are well, what are you trying to create here? My neighbor fixed this nice fence. But I know over the years it'll never get stained in it'll it'll just you know uh, run its course. And I thought I would plant some nice 
bushes, mm-hmm. and I want them not to go over six or eight feet mm-hmm. to six feet tall, so I don't mm-hmm. want anything over six or eight feet tall. If I do, it makes the uh, backyard look small. Sure. And trying to have something nice to look at. Sure. And maintenance-free. So, well, there well, is no such thing. you didn't pick the right oh, yeah. thing yet. <laughs> there is ah. no such thing as a maintenance-free yard. Let's yeah. just set that expectation right now. That is my, like... That is, if I'm ever given a presentation, That's a great goal, but yeah. my first my first slide that I ever throw up in any of my presentations is there's no such thing as a maintenance free yard. There's mm. always going to be maintenance. But there's yeah. easier but, things. Exactly. So plant choice is important, and unfortunately, ligustrums are probably not in your in your wheelhouse if you're not planning to shear them every other year because they are very vigorous growers. That's one of the reasons why we like them because mm-hmm. they're easy to propagate. And you stick them wherever the heck you want to. The, they don't. They don't care about the soil. It could be moist. It could be dry. It could be full sun. It could be full shade. And Ligustrum japonicum, Ligustrum sinensis. Generally, they thrive in whatever conditions you give them. So you don't have to try too hard. Yeah. And but it, if, go ahead. But if your goal is to have something that's not reaching more than ten or eight feet, to to kind of dwarf your fence, that really limits what you're trying to do. If you're trying not mm-hmm. to have a shearing if you're not going to include shearing in your maintenance. But there are plants that are out there. And, and Rufus, that's a great, that's a great well, point. Camellias are excellent because they are a little slower growing. Well, let me tell you, yeah, Joe, what, now you can, they, a lot of labels fudge on you. They say don't oh, grow, give, give something a foot more even if they swear on the oath of Bibles. Uh, but you can get camellias <laughs> now that, that will be five by five. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that I've tried to do, and I have over 70 camellias in my place, I try to divide them up between those that bloom in the fall and those that bloom in the spring. Fall blooming, of course, is Camellia sacra. And by the time they're easing down, your your spring blooming Camellias, uh, Japonicas, like I have uh, several just starkly beautiful white ones right now. Uh-huh. And you could have something blooming there the whole time. And, and I have never had a maintenance problem on a one of mine. I've had to I've had to prune some out of the driveway to keep from messing up cars like Mike's new Lexus and Big John's car. That's they, not new. Because they, they stick out there. <laughs> but other than that, I've, I've never touched a one. Mm-hmm. I've never sprayed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time Ann said something about putting some cotton seed meal on them. I went down to uh, Clayton mm-hmm. and, and got some cotton seed meal. And that's the only thing I've ever done to a camellia. So... You can see that I'm I'm coming from experience because I don't want to be out, be out there all the time mm-hmm. picking up. Now, they, you're going to lose some leaves if you think you've got to rake them up, but I've never known camellia leaves, Amanda, to cause any problems. It's not like a peach, rotten peach dropping on the ground. or Yeah, I mean, you know, they do have that flower drop, but really the flowers melt pretty well, quickly. Well, you just have a, one of those uh, weddings like they do in Thailand. Where they spread out weddings, uh, flowers on the ground to have people walk that's around. Right. Yeah. And, but they, you know, yeah, you're you're right. In terms of the maintenance that's that you have with a camellia, they're slower growing. They're still evergreen. There's so many different shapes, sizes, and colors. They have a lot of personality too. They do. They do. Now, how, how wide do they uh, grow? Growing in high Also, I that, mean, all kinds of sizes. That's whatever you choose, Joe. Yeah. They can go yeah. six feet tall and six feet wide. So, uh-huh. so, so you'd have to be careful what you plant. Or twenty or twenty or thirty feet tall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, 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 Joe, the really the important thing is 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 selecting a cultivar. So that yeah. that second name, um, you know, right now one of the things that's if you go to to Lowe's or the big box stores, I think um, what is it? One of the bigger chains is selling a October Magic series. Camellia Sasanquas, those were developed in Mobile by a friend of mine, and they are very good. Like I call them, I call them ligustrum replacement trees because they kind of they have a natural round shape. They don't get too big. You don't really have to do any pruning on them, and um, they come in every color that a camellia can come in, and they still flower reliably here. And their new growth is very beautiful. It com- some of the new growth comes out kind of that ruby red or kind of a light green. But um, the October Magic series, if you put that into your search engine machine on your computer or your phone, I know that if even if you can't get them locally, they actually have a local dealer finder, um, the company that yeah. sells those. But if you can't find them, you can also order them online and they will ship yeah. them to you. And Joe, you're not far from Chapel Hill, so you can uh, you can go to Camellia Forest. That's oh, right. yeah. Oh. Okay, go, go look. <clears throat> and they I, are, I mean, they got everything. I've had a habit over the years of going to the J.C. Ralston Arboretum to see what things look like. Yeah. Yes. And and there's Dark one Duke, important thing that Amanda said yeah, Duke, yeah. on your camellias, get a very get a reputable dealer because a lot of these things are just in pots and they look great, but if they're going to go uh, 10 feet wide and 20 feet tall, mm-hmm. you're defeating your purpose. Right. Now, you may, mm-hmm. you may live a long time, right. but you'd still have to do some pruning. So You see October Magic? October Magic is is October Magic series, and so there's there's different names like there's October Magic Ruby, October Magic Snow. Okay. Uh, there's there's one in every color, but and, where and, they, and where's this place in Chapel Hill? Oh, I, Camellia Forest, and I can't remember where Camellia I, Forest yeah, is. I'll, I, I'll have to look, to look it up. I don't, I don't have the. And, um, Road, and and it, and Joe, if you if you know if you've got a local um, nursery that you like to go to in Durham, I mean the Durham Garden Center, Keith yeah. Lukowski out there sure. is a dear friend of mine. And if he, you know, if you're wanting to get it from somewhere, I know that he is he is a savvy <clears throat> plant finder. Yeah. But the American Camellia Society has an incredible website. So let's say you went down to your local garden center and they have a camellia selection. If you if you do have a smartphone, you can go to the American Camellia Society. And they have um, a couple thousand cultivars of camellias on there, and they have the size data on some of those. And so you can see how big that camellia might get at maturity. Um, But because they've been breeding them for so long, um, and there's some really amazing camellia breeders in the southeast um, and on the west coast, there's, there's pretty much a camellia for every spot in your yard, which is really great. Um, and they're becoming more and more available available with um, our online economy. So yeah. the American Camellia Society to check how big your camellias are going to get. And most of your local garden centers, even if you can't make it out to Camellia Forest, which even if you don't buy camellias from there, you know, you should definitely check out Camellia yeah. Forest. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's but, on. Uh, it's just off of 54 uh, west of, of Chapel Hill. Okay. And... Uh, Let's see. Let me give you the address. I guess on the other side of Carver, what you're trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. on on 54. Okay. It's a 620 NC 54 Chapel Hill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, camellias too. Uh, they don't. They're, they're not putting out something that'll grow a foot a year at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some out there for 
25 years that have not grown. Yeah, I think they're, they're pretty slow growing, actually. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, uh, people feel like, oh, no, it's too slow. I need, I want something now. And really, I find most people regret buying something that's overly vigorous. Right. And so. Amen. You know, <laughs> I, I confess. Well, that's the reason why I'm really taking a lot of time. Well, that's good. good. That's good. We'll talk to them, talk to the folks at Durham Garden Center and, and wherever else you go over there. Well, you've been very helpful. You uh, got me in uh, this maybe a right direction to go in. I hope so. Oh, and, and please call us back and let us know what you bought. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Will do. All right. Thank okay. you, Joe. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, camellias are so versatile. Really, yeah, I feel. I, uh, anytime anybody feels like they need a ligustrum, and that's not to knock the ligustrums, although I'm not a huge fan of them because they are an invasive species, and especially in Wake County and Durham County where we have a lot of them planted, when they're not sterile, those berries, the birds love them because they're mm-hmm. really high in fat, and they, so they eat them in the wintertime when they're available, but they poop yeah. them in the woods, and people people get them in their woods, and they're not great for our native flora, for our wintertime flora, but... I think people they're, get of their foliage. They yeah, yeah. they just love that. Well, foliage. that's a, when I was yeah. growing up in the in the fifties and sixties. That's you know there weren't a lot of plants in landscapes, and but people used ligustrum as hedges. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. at, at least in my town. Well, and that's that that is a vestige of of our British heritage mm-hmm. right? They they're called privets because mm-hmm. they were used for privacy hedges, mm-hmm. and I I. I went to um, Scotland back in November for my vacation, and I love taking pictures of Ligustrum sinensis hedges because they're well-behaved. I, I have never seen a Ligustrum sinensis in fruit in, in Edinburgh, Scotland. Never. Mm. Um, but people shear the crap out of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> into perfect little box hedges, and, and they never quite reach the size yeah. that they do here in the South, but that's because we have a really a great climate here in the South, I have yeah. to say. Well, there is a thing, com- another thing. Called privet that is the sur- scourge of all mankind. That is not. That's kind. quite often variegated. Not, not uh, the kind we're talking we see, about. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of spindly. Yeah, comparatively, can do a, a small ugly tree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm talking about a kind of kind privet of, that I. It's not the kind we've been talking about. Weedy. Weedy. Yeah. Said, weedy. Yeah. All right, so you're listening to The Weekend Gardener on WPTF, 919-860-9783. More of The Weekend Gardener coming up here on WPTF. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. I'd like somebody to dispute that. I I, I would be interested if there's some uh, show that has run longer than 79 years, a gardening show. You, know, you, won't, you won't find it. Yeah, I don't think you know, there'll be any takers. Hey, man, but we'd love to hear people try. Yeah, sure. I, go, go ahead. And, the Grand Ole Opry's <laughs> well, been, been on longer on radio and... and oh. uh, Music and the spoken word is the longest running radio show, but uh, religious show is, uh, or show general in general, but it is a religious show. But uh, the weekend gardener's got to be up there. Even the, I don't think even the BBC has anything that's run this long, hmm. but I may be wrong. But at any rate, yeah, seventy nine years ago, it'd be eighty years ago in January. 
Wow. Uh, generally, because uh, 1945, I'm not sure, really sure what year John Harris started that show. And even before that, the, there was a sprinkling here and there of uh, Raleigh Garden Club members who would come on and, and do little do little guest shots here and there hmm. uh, in the 1930s. So we've actually, I mean, we go back to probably as long as the Grand Ole Opry with with gardening information, but just not on a regular basis until 1945. So this uh, this show evolved out of out of the Tar Heel Gardener, but uh, out of respect to John, we were not going to continue calling it the Tar Heel Gardener, and and you know Irv Evans and I were not the Tar Heel Gardeners. So. Uh, Amanda, can you remember? I I, I do remember the, the program. Fifteen minutes in the beginning. Fifteen minutes. That's all and John had. He read letters, and he was people you know, would funny. send in insects and letters. Yeah, I mean they'd be. He, you could hear him open up the envelope. They send in samples. Well, it looks to me like you've got a, a scald here. And you know, for for years uh, they would, for, with Irv and with Ann, they would still. We still got occasionally got letters. Mm-hmm. Quite often, when Irv was was on the show in the in the late eighties up until about ninety two. We still got got letters. Mike, and, do you get any emails? Yeah, I get. We get emails, sure, oh, sure, and texts and and messages on <laughs> on Facebook Messenger and et cetera. That's wonderful. Yeah, so I I, I totally understand where Irv and, and Ann were coming from, though. Uh, I've I've whenever I'm neglectful of my desk, that seems to be the day or days where folks tend to bring in their plant samples and their insect samples. And I have many a time come in where there's, you know, three or four samples of things sitting in my chair. And one day I did come in, somebody had put all their rotten peaches in a gallon-sized bag. All and, right. And left it on my chair. Maybe they meant you to, they were good when they brought them in for you to eat them. Uh, little, no. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with my peaches? Logs is not a snake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Or maybe a spider. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Thankfully, or at least you know, a black widow. We do have a, our, in our office, we have a, a, a teaching insect collection and a kind of a nature selection, but we keep them in the freezer. And there is, for some, some, some sadistic person put the, put the copperhead right there at eye level. <laughs> Oh, so when you open oh. the door, it's the first oh. thing you see, and oh. it's open, and, close. And they must have, they must like turn it occasionally because it's facing right out where it's looking at you. All right, so it, yeah, it that's keeps, funny. keeps you on your toes. That's funny. Okay, well, we're gosh, we've already been through an hour. Boy, you know what? You'll be heading back to, to Lee County. Good graces at this rate. Oh, no. I, if I'm up on this side of the world. Are you going to the farmer's I, market? I'm going to the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. Oh, okay. The, oh, she was blooming. The yeah. magnolia stellatas are flowering in Lee County, yeah. so the magnolia stellatas you at better the really Are you talking about the star magnolia? Yes, sir. We'll yeah. be back here on the Weekend Gardener.